0: Hello, everyone. Happy Friday evening, everybody. Hope you guys are staying warm. I know it's a little cold and snowy outside here in Chicago, but, you know, we're here with for a War Mia playoff special. Yes, sir. No, there's no Super Bowl. You know, that's not until next Sunday, but we still got a lot to talk about, about you know tonight. I'm LaKena McGee. You follow me, Lakeena McGee on the Twitter, and LaKena McGee on the IG. Got my buddies here. Um, more media, you guys know, for War media, the NFL of beat reporter for me and Mr. Joe Tanksley. Joe, where people can find you on the social media streets?
1: Uh, at Batman underscore Tanksley. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and IG at that handle. Uh, and uh, you can also find me on War Media covering the Bears and talking about football.
0: We got a lot to talk about tonight. And we got another Joe joining us today. Very accomplished young man here. He's Joe <laughs> Lewis. You know, he's a Bears speed reporter for the Bar... For the barbers chair and barbers chair network also to use the co-host of the 79th and Hallis podcast and uh i i, I don't want to you know <laughs> i know you got a lot going on here joe but where can people find you and find all your stuff and everything
2: you got it right that was perfect uh you can find me on twitter at flows and same on ig
0: all right nice so so uh flows real since we got two joes here tonight so we're going to show everybody, Joe Tansley tank and, you know, Joe Lewis flows that you saw on his social media at the bottom. But so you were flows. I'm going to talk to, <laughs> I got to make sure I, you know, direct this. Right. But, uh, you were at the presser. There's show the repressor really for the bears. New, you know, new GM, Ryan poles, and also to their new head coach, Matt Eru What was the atmosphere like? You know, I actually, I think i heard you, uh, you know, answer a question, but you know, what, what, you know, what were your impressions of the two gentlemen that's going to be leading the bears?
2: You know, well, I guess the atmosphere in the beginning was sort of "here we go again." Uh, one of my uh, colleagues has said, "See you again in four years." Right, <laughs> right <laughs> as we got in, so we were kind of assuming the same old, same old. Walking back, no, thinking about it after it happened, I will say I was sort of positively surprised, and I say positively because I've been surprised by Bears press conferences before and in terrible ways. Uh, George McCaskey's exit uh, uh, presser was, his exit presser was terrible. And it surprised me as how bad it was. This one, however, this press conference seemed a bit more thorough and modern. You know, Ryan Pose is, these are not names that I had heard of before. And most beat uh, reporters had not heard of him like that. You, of course, can look on Chiefs, on, on the Chiefs website and see who was doing college scouting. But no one really knew who he was in terms of at least my circle of beat journalists. But in the league, a lot of people knew who Ryan Poles was. And they said he is this up and coming young uh, executive and he's going to do well. That was all fine and dandy. But then I heard him speak. I heard him talk about the things that he wanted to do with the bears and I was impressed. And so my really move from, it was a bit of hope and optimism. And with Eberflus, he just seemed like a coach's coach. He reminded me of an old high school coach, That is, I mean, the first thing he said was uh, uh, I'm telling the players to get your track shoes on because we're going to run. I'm like, this is classic, classic coach talk. Um, So from him, from him, I uh, it just seemed like he had a more detailed process. One of the hardest things with Matt Nagy when he was coaching was getting an answer out of him on what they're going to do. What's the plan? Mm -hmm. And for him to have a plan was great. Mm -hmm. But that also may be just the fact that I have low expectations. From dealing with the Bears mm-hmm. my entire life, so <laughs> but overall it was pretty good just to hear from them, and they seemed to take serious the job that they had. You know, it wasn't just I'm a coach now; they were realizing, okay, we're coaching the Bears, and even though the Bears haven't had much success, the Bears are still treated like a religion in uh, in Chicago. Oh yeah, so they they did a really, I think they did a really good job in their press conferences. Take what
0: was your impressive of the presser?
1: Uh, let's see uh well i did intend attended a presser in in person so you know i was just able to watch it online but uh i would say that uh like flows i wasn't you know expecting very much i, I do think a lot of people uh you know were taken aback by the coach speak from from matt Eberflus. um mm-hmm you know, with the with the with the hits, philosophy, the it's <laughs> the acronym. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of times when people hear those acronyms, they think, oh man, this guy's silly and mm-hmm. you know, the track shoes, all the cliche coach speak uh is what a lot of people got out of that from that Eberflus, but i was definitely impressed with the plan going forward for the team and you know what his outlook is and you know him saying right off the bat that i'm not going to be calling the defense that's the job of the defensive coordinator but then you see how he backed that up by hiring capable people to do those things um and then ryan poles you know his his plan to to rebuild the bears and um starting off in the trenches uh you know with the offensive line and then adding Ian Cunningham uh as the mm-hmm. assistant G- GM from Philadelphia you know you know they they're talking the talk they're backing it up with action uh with their hires and you know and you know with the plan that they're trying to put forth and you can see how it's starting to come together you know with the offensive coordinator and and the quarterback coach and, and you know you know Matt Eberflus was able to bring a lot of those uh, people who he worked with in, in, in Annapolis over with him. And that's important because when you're going to start installing new defenses and, you know, you all need to be speaking on the same language and be on the same page and, and understand what the philosophy is and the things that you're going to teach and the way you want to teach it, all that has to be said. There can't be any disjointedness. It has to be; it has to flow and be able to go together. And the same on offense, uh, Luke Getze, Andrew Gianocco, Two guys who work together at uh, Pittsburgh on the staff with uh, Dave Weinstead. Uh, and both guys of that kind of Kyle Shannon hand zone blocking running scheme. They also added a, a, a offensive line coach uh, that's, you know, real versed in that running scheme as well. Uh, I think his name is Chris Warren, and I think, you know, slip my mind. But um, you, you see how they're able to, you know, they're starting to build this together with very, very capable people and Talented coaches, and you're also hearing rumors that they be might be able to hire the interim head, former interim head coach from the Raiders and Rick uh, Rich Biasha, uh who led the Raiders to the playoffs. You know who's a you know special teams coordinator. So bringing in you know those 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 names that you're hearing, bringing in capable people uh, is very important, and then letting them do their job is important. And that's something that you know, quite frankly, Matt Nagy struggled with. You know, letting people do their job, um, and you know, and, and you know, just focusing on one side of the ball too was also a down a downfall for him. And so, uh, right up the bat, you can see that these this team is going to have a comprehensive and complementary plan on how to win football games. And so, I, I'm, I'm I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, Alan Williams, who's a new defense coordinator, worked with Eberflus in Indianapolis. I think they got like about three or four coaches you know from indianapolis now they're gonna be here Yeah, they're in the Colts right now yeah it's basically the chicago colts i guess if you want to call them that <laughs> uh flow flows uh Joel and i've been talking about this the last few weeks uh do you think this bears team is is as it's as it's constructed right now is it's a contender or do you <laughs> think they may have to move some stuff around
2: oh they're absolutely not a contender um uh, Iberflus talked about this upcoming season being a foundation, and I wanted to, like, respond to him and say, it's a foundation, that's it. Right now, as it's yeah. constructed, you don't really – I mean, Darnell Mooney's a good, you know, skill player. I think he's one of the hardest workers I've ever seen, Um, and he could be a great number two, but he shouldn't be the number one. Adam Robinson, you don't know what's going on with his contract situation, or even if Ryan Pose and Iberflus want him on their team. And the only really messed up part is – that can be, I guess, sort of a devil's advocate to my own belief of them not being a contender is Matt Nagy ran that team so terribly that there is mm. a part of me that does not know if they're a contender or not. Mm. But the narcissistic – not narcissistic, but the negative Bears fan in me says absolutely not. The defense, mm. I think, in a 4-3 is going to be even better than that work. That's great. And I'm confident – I mean, any Bears – every Bears GM that is coming here except uh Phil Emery has put together a good defense. So I'm not mm-hmm. shocked that they have that, but offensively, it's hard to tell. You know, I love Justin Fields. I'm a Buckeye, so of course I'm going to love him. But that doesn't <laughs> necessarily mean he'll be a good a uh, uh, good uh, uh QB. So, it's right now I would say no. But, you know, it's football. Look at that what happened with the Bengals. They retooled mm-hmm. quickly and they're in the Super Bowl so even though they may not be it right now it doesn't take much for them to become a contender what
0: about with uh khalil mass contract i mean there are some rumors that maybe that they may have to move him to maybe free up some money other guys that may have to be moved to kind of free up i guess people were saying that everybody but roquan smith is kind of up for grabs in that defense what say you
2: Hmm. i would agree that everybody but roquan should be someone you could consider moving i don't know who's going to take khalil's contract That is a massive contract. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, Um, but I don't see who would want to, you know, take that contract on, but there are some pieces like even with Robert Quinn's outstanding season, he had last year, breaking that uh, Richard Dent sack record. Mm It wouldn't be someone I would leave off the market. You don't know what you could get back for him, but Roquan. And I would say Jalen Johnson as well should be those two that you focus on the most, but Khalil, I'm going to assume he stays. That's a big contract.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, Going to the NFL as a whole, we'll get to the lawsuit first so that we can kind of get our thoughts on that. Uh, Tank, I'll start with you. Of course, Brian Flores has sued uh, the NFL, has also sued the Giants, the Dolphins, and the Broncos. Um, you know, there have been allegations from all this, actually, all this stemmed from a uh, text message that Bill Belichick mm-hmm. sent to Flores, which was actually mentioned for a new. Uh, New Giants head coach, Brian Dable, you know, Brian, Brian, you know, I guess I don't know how, I don't know how Belichick says that, but he's 70, I guess. But, uh, Tank, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, the lack of, you know, you saw the list of coaches, you know, we got, you know, I'll go through a list in a second, but you know, guys, have actually already gotten jobs. None of them are black. And unfortunately, you know, we all know that this is a big, you know, this is sort of a big, you know, sort of target in the NFL. Of course, Tony does who had to wait like 20 years for his you know, the first head coaching gig almost, and, you know, other, you know, guys. And so it, it's just, unfortunately there, there's no, you know, there, there's not a really like a big surprise here that this happens, unfortunately, even still the Rudy rule is a sham. We all agree on that. So well, what, do you, what do you think about the lawsuit and what, what can be done to sort of, you know, rectify it or at least try to, because I look, we, I talked about on our, uh, on our uh, second stage four show today that I Sydney Brown and I, and, I, I actually, we don't have a, 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 a solution here. So, take all start with you. Do you have one?
1: I, no, there is no solution. The solution to this problem uh, right now, currently, when you look at the people who own these teams, it's not a very diverse group. And so, when you have that, you know, the people who are making these decisions not being very diverse, you know, you, you end up with only one black head coach in the league. Um, you know, uh, it, you know, you can, I mean, it plays out every year. It's, they do the same lip service. I remember Roger Goodell coming out, speaking out on how about how hard they need to work harder on hiring more Black coaches. And then you see what's happening this coaching cycle. Uh, you have guys, you know, very capable guys, very talented guys that have been, you know, been working and pairing their dues for years. Every are the enemy. Todd Bowles, uh, Brian Lefwich. Uh, Byron Leftwich, sorry, but these, are, you know, these are, these are people who who who've earned a right to you know to get a shot. And you know, you you look at people who are getting a shot and who are not as qualified as well, or who 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 just got hired as the coach for the Vikings. Who is that guy? What is he what has he done? You know, he's no Todd Bowles, You know, <laughs> you know he's he's you know he's not a Byron Leftwich. You know, what I'm saying, you know, Byron Leftwich won a Super Bowl as a as a as a coordinator did did that dude in who who the vikings hired do that no (laughs) so um so i'm just you know it's it's just very interesting interesting uh to, to see how this plays out now with the lawsuit from brian flores you know this is pretty much you know a sacrifice that he's making you know for as far as coaching in the league i'm pretty sure if he, you know, would have waited it out another year or two, took a defensive coordinator job somewhere, you know, just, you know, you know, granted took it, you know, he would have got another opportunity, but he's making a stand, you know, and so, I mean, I commend him for that. So,
0: yeah, with the, with the tough, with the Broncos, with Elway and. Elway and the rest of the brass were supposed to be hung over, allegedly hung over and such, you know, not taking the interview seriously with, with Flores, he alleges, and just a bunch of other things, you know, flows, what do you, what do you, what do you think?
2: No, Tank, he was spot on. I mean, that, you're spot on with that. The Rooney rule. And also, you have been correct with the Rooney rule. It's a sham. And it's really just a disappearance. Okay, we got some black guys in here. We got some black folks in here. We did our part. And then now we can move on to hiring white men because that's who we're going to put our concern and our effort into. And then when I found out that Brian Flores said they were hungover, I mean, how more disrespectful can you be? That's just Mm -hmm. basically saying we're going to do the song and dance and make it seem like we're bringing in some black folks and then we're going to actually do what we wanted to do. And then, of course, the uh, Bill Belichick uh, text messages were just really the icing on the terrible cake. To say that, oh, man, congrats on the job. I don't know how you mix them up. Because if they're in your contact list, you should know. That's another story. But... Hmm. What you said about, you know, tank, what you said about uh, Byron Leftwich and Ty Bowles is spot on. I mean, he went from taking Tom Brady had arguably his best career uh years under Byron Leftwich. I mean, he was throwing for 5,040 touchdowns. He was 44 year old. 43 and 44 years old. Yes. You know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> and if you compare <laughs> his seasons previously on uh the Patriots, they were not that. They were not, he was not doing what he was doing under Byron Leftwich. So Super Bowl winner, and then of course you have what Ty Bowles did to the Chiefs. I could be one of the greatest offenses of all time and shut them completely down. And the fact that they weren't first up immediately to get a job just shows you, you know, what this league is truly all about. And it is a sham. It puts up a nice screen. We're going to put in racism in the end zone. We're going to make sure you see the performativeness of how much we mm-hmm. care about actual issues yep. affecting minorities, specifically black folks. But then in reality, we're going to do the same old good old boys thing and not hire it. And the only thing that I really think is going to change it is black owners. Minority ownership is going to be the biggest thing because when you're actually, I mean, not only you at the table, you're setting the length of the table, you're setting the plates on the table, you're doing everything. And so until that happens, it's going to be that because the people who actually get selected as coaches, I mean, Tomlin, of course, he's an accomplished coach. Before that, the most tenured black coach I could think of was Marvin Lewis with the Bengals. Mm Yep, now yep. he I don't know how he got away with being the Bengals coach for so long, but he was well, <laughs> well
1: we've been, we've been finding out that some of these owners is paying for losses.
2: That is true. Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah. hundred well, k
2: for, loss.
0: for losses
1: accusations. For losses for taking.
0: Allegedly. Yo, yeah, so let's keep that. allegedly because both both Flores, you know, said you know, allegedly said that that happened with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackson, who was with the Browns at the time, said that, that happened too. Yeah. So he was on Twitter that talking that-
2: about that, yeah
0: yeah yeah so you know allegedly you know tanking and apparently i guess tom brady i guess they were trying to tank for the Dolphins were to get like tom brady to come to miami so it's just a whole lot of uh uh, allegations and such and look none of this would surprise me i don't know about the hundred thousand dollars stuff but hey i'm sure that happens as well but you know i'm sure he has some proof will it be enough i don't know but I feel like this is gonna sort of settle out of court I think I don't think the NFL wants to open a Pandora's box if you will so Tank, I what's gonna start with you what, what do you think does it get this does it get this get settled out of court or does it go so long with the trial, the trial? Thing?
1: Brian Flores says that he does not want money it's not about the money for him so what I mean for the right amount of dollar you can get anybody to do anything mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and it depends on how damning or what evidence they have as, as, as to what that dollar amount is going to be. Um, and so, I mean, everybody has a price, but as of right now, Flores says that he doesn't want money. It's about the principle. So we'll see how it plays out. I'll just leave it at that. Close. Yeah, I,
2: yeah. I think the NFL will probably do everything in its power to settle it out of court, especially after coming off the heels of what they did to cap, you know, what they did to Colin Kaepernick. So they'll try, but the question is, is how big is uh, Brian Flores' resolve? If he really, really wants to see this thing through and to have everything they did publicly exposed, then he'll have to uh, keep pushing, not look for the money. But as you said, Tank, you know, for the right amount of money, a lot of, most people will look past that and just settle it. Um, but for Brian Flores to add, you know, it's even adding to that is the fact that he might not be a coach after this. You know, at least Mm not at the professional level, he's kind of putting his career on the line with that. So I do not think it will be settled just because of the principle of what Brian Flores is saying. I think it's more so about correcting and really invading and breaking down the good old boys club. So I'm going to assume it's just going to play out. And honestly, the uglier it is, the better it is for the league in itself if they truly want to progress.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you guys, you just you know answered my uh, my second uh, follow-up here before we move on, Uh, flows. uh Is there going to be pressure on New Orleans and Houston? Because apparently you already talked to both of them and you said he really wants to coach or any other black coach. Um, yeah, do, do, do you guys think that this will pressure either one of those teams or perhaps either hire him or any other black head coach to sort of kind of like, you know, quiet the noise, if you will?
2: I would love to say it's pressure on them to hire uh, him or any other black coach, but I'm going to be honest, I don't think so. I think they're probably gonna still do what they do. You have to really, really, really have something damning or really just put the greatest possible amount of pressure on them for them to make change. Specifically ownership within sports league. Not just the NFL, but the NBA mm-hmm. and other MLB exactly. is ten times worse. So oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't
2: I don't think so at all. I mean the only thing that, that will really help is just more damning evidence of it. And maybe that sways public opinion. And if it sways public opinion enough and it hurts their pockets, then maybe, but I'm not hopeful.
0: Tank.
1: You know, I know that he has connections with the GM, you know, in Houston. And so yeah. if anybody's gonna hire him, it's gonna be Houston. Uh New Orleans, you know, I, I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, I I think flows is correct. I mean, you know, they tried to put pressure on, you know, teams to to give Kaepernick a roster spot. No one ever budged. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) so it's just business as usual. And especially when you're, you know, you got a monopoly on the biggest sport in this country, you got the money to make problems go away. All Mm -hmm. right. And so uh, it's just—I mean, as far as you know that until we get like real ownership change, diversity, and ownership—you know, with you know more minorities—you know, being a part of ownership groups, these things are not going. These 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 things things won't change. Um, and so, I mean, you know, I mean, it it I guess it would be beneficial for one of those teams to hire Flores just to say, "See, <laughs> see, he got a shot. Now what?" You know, so, mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I guess it's just wait and see for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You're watching and listening to us here on War Media NFL Playoff Special, of course, waiting on the big game next week between the Bengals and the Rams. And so if I say I in Los Angeles, um, you know, I'm McKenna McGee, along with Joe Tanksley and Joe Lewis. Now we're gonna move on here to a little happier side, but something that we kind of expected. Tom Brady, of course, you know, 7 times Super Bowl champion. Well, you know what? Let's. Well, you know, it was. You know, to finish up this discussion, you know, 15 years ago today, the irony here is that it was the first Super Bowl matchup between two black head coaches between the Bears and the Colts. Of course, you know, Levy Smith and Tony Dungy. Dungy ended up, of course. You
1: can Bears also fans. argue that Levy Smith could couldn't have been shouldn't have been fired as well yeah there and are a lot of people a, who feel
0: that way
1: yeah and, and that's that's been the argument I, I didn't mean to cut you off but no 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 uh, go ahead no because i was
0: just gonna say that the the argument irony that they're yeah. making
1: too you know is that you know the white coaches get a lot longer leash than the black coaches you know you 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 know you look at what you know happened to david cully in houston oh yeah I, yeah you know with that crappy team and with that crappy situation to be in you know (laughs) you know that was a crap show that's going down in in Houston and so to get the axe after one year you know it's pretty much you know it was you know uh, you could call that a sham hiring you know because everyone knew that they wasn't going to be any good this year so I mean it is what it is but yeah (laughs) continue on (laughs) Keena
0: no no no, you're fine but yeah because I was just going to say that you know we of course, you know Tony does. ended up retiring on his, on his terms, you know, thankfully. But of course, Lovey got a shot in Illinois, you know. You know hasn't had a, a shot since. And yes, like you said, said uh, Tank, that you know he probably should not have been fired in that last season. Even though yes, they did, you know, when you know tapered off a little bit after that hot start. But Floes, what do you think?
2: When it comes to, <laughs> I may be one of the only few people who did not mind Lovey being fired. Now the situ- the circumstances were. Suspect is best. If I remember correctly, right. they were 10 and six. Yep, didn't make definitely. the playoff, but they were 10 and six. And obviously, no coach has had success like Lovey since. My only issue with Lovey was the issue I had with him after 2007, I would say, when the league actually it may have in the Super Bowl year 2005, 2006, when they started to modernize and passing became much more important. It wasn't what it is now, you know, where teams like the Bills barely run. But I thought to myself, "Mm, they are really, really sticking in the past. And then, of course, sticking to a base cover, too, was never my thing. And Mm -hmm. I didn't mind him leaving, but just not on that terms. Leaving after being 10-6 and is
1: not Mm -hmm. really fair. Yeah, Yeah, and I I do think that, to be fair, you know what I'm saying, I I don't think it was lovely to be let go after 10-6. and But I do think that the team needed a change. They needed to go in a different direction but i think he had earned another shot another year at least
0: yeah that's how i kind of feel about that he could have at least got another year but you know it is what it is unfortunately now so i'm somewhat happier on uh, no deal as we were saying tom brady after you know a stellar career 22 years seven super bowls you know wrote a really long post on instagram you can go back going on his instagram account because i'm not going to read it i'm not even gonna have a cliffhose version of because he thanked pretty much everybody he thanked you know his coaches he thanked you actually think Leftwich. goes for what you said earlier flows about, you know, some of his best numbers were, you know, when he was his O.C. And, of course, he did have this, you know, people were up in arms because he didn't say anything about the Patriots and, you know, in the fans. So he actually did say something afterwards you know, on his other social media accounts. But, of course, it's going to be a first round Hall of Hall of Famer and, you know, all this and that, you know, all you know passing records and all that stuff. What do you think, you know, I'll start with you. What do you think is going to be the legacy for Mr. Brady? Oh,
2: greatest of all time. You know, I'm biased. I'm just going to be honest. I'm biased. So, you know, your answer, the answer you're going to get from me is one who is their favorite player is Tom Brady. Um, Well, one of my favorite players. He's my favorite quarterback of all time. Um, You know, of course, some people will look at Deflategate and Spygate, (laughs) a few of those scandals, but I think he's just revolutionary simply because of the time he spent in the game. I mean, his first Super Bowl, I was 10 years old, almost 11 that is a long time. and I'm a 31-year-old man. So the fact that he's been playing at this high of a level is just incredible. Doing under multiple coaches, multiple coordinators. Um, so I think his legacy speaks for itself. He is he's not arguing. He is the greatest quarterback of all time. And if you're like a few of my family members who do not like, at least with football, determining who is the best player outside of specific positions, like they'll say there's no best player. There's the best quarterback, best running back. He is clearly the best quarterback of all time
1: tank. yeah, it's hard to argue with those numbers. Seven Super Bowls. How many has he been to? I mean, he lost (laughs) lost
2: three, so 10.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, Yeah. so he's been to 10 Super Bowls. You know, we got it, we got a a person up the north, you know, in in Wisconsin who's supposed to be MVP caliber who's only managed to win one, and he's only only managed to win the division once. So, (laughs) you look at all the other, you know talented QBs in the past. You look at the guys like Dan Marino and, and guys like that who've been able to put up more, you know, put up numbers. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, the Dan Foutsons, guys like that. And then you see this guy who's able to get to the Super Bowl. And getting to the Super Bowl is hard. You oh, know, yeah. to be able to do it 10 times. To do it, be able to do it 10 times and then win seven of them. You know, that's amazing. That's not something that's going to be repeated. You know, you got people who have a shot now, but it's going to be really, really hard to do, especially with the way, you know, football is played now with the parity that, you know, we're starting to see in the league and all the first, the last, the first jumps that teams are making. It's going to get harder and harder, you know, to to replicate that. And so, yeah, the greatest quarterback at all time, um, you know, it, it's, it's Tom Brady, you know, and um, I didn't really appreciate him uh you know, his, you know, as a quarterback, you know, while he was with the Patriots, but to see him go to another team, and I think that really solidified his legacy as being one of the greatest, because, you know, it was a system thing. He was tied to Belichick and what they were doing up in New England, and seeing him be able to go out and do it with another team, you know, was was really solidified him being the greatest, in my opinion, Uh, and to be doing it you know, at 44 years old, you know, I, I was looking, they had like a, a, a like a time relapse uh, thing going on Twitter when he started off with him as a, his rookie year and then mm-hmm. going into now and to see the changes that he's made, you know, he's, you know, he's dedicated himself to football. You, you know, you, he went to the, you know, the baby face, baby fat having, you know, you know, kind mm-hmm. of pudgy look and then getting down to being real chiseled and re, real, being real regimented, you know, with all that. You know tb12 stuff but <laughs> um yeah he's he's dedicated his life to football uh it's really nothing left for him to prove really you know he he's done it all he's done it all um probably you know not probably but this is the greatest career of any player of any player yeah. oh know? yeah
0: i think so the, the,
1: so when you think about, you know, the MVPs, the appearances in the Super Bowl, ten of them, seven one. I mean, for me, to say the greatest quarterback of all time, he is the greatest player of all time. That's not something that's gonna be replicated.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think so. You're not you're not gonna get a one player to go to seven Super Bowls and you know, or you know, win seven Super Bowls perhaps even going to ten. I mean, look, yo, know, Mahomes is probably gonna be the closest. He's gonna have trouble, he's been to two. You know, one one, lost one. Of course, two Brady's bucks, and you know, been to four AFC championship games. I think he probably might be the closest to probably maybe get close to Brady, but I don't think it's going to happen. With everything, you know, with like you guys said, parity and you know, salary cap, you know, changes and stuff like that. It's just it's going to be very hard to do. But we'll see. I mean, look, stranger thing that happened here in the NFL, we didn't think that you know people were going to touch the Steelers' uh, record for most uh, super bowl wins but you know and the, and the 49ers and such but look one guy has already done that so you know just <laughs> just crazy now keeping up with the theme here of course is alma mater michigan uh Jim Harbaugh, you know, with mm-hmm. all the crazy that's going on. at first I thought it was the Raiders, yeah, be nice, Flo. I know you're Ohio State guy, so be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh just for two minutes, just for two minutes, I promise. Uh, you know, of course, you know, there were all those rumors he was gonna go to go to Vegas, and you know, of course, the Miami uh rumors, and now Minnesota, they actually flew to Minnesota, met with him for nine hours. You know, of course, I, I guess the rumors were that he thought he was gonna get the job. Now he's, you know. You know, Mitch, if you saw the interview he did with Mitch Album earlier this morning, he said, Oh, I'm here as long as they need me. I will love being here. And, you know, this and that. And, <laughs> oh, and I, someone said on Twitter, and then, they know, that we, we brought this up earlier. Uh, someone brought this up earlier on, on Twitter that the young a, 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 a lady, and I guess you got to look at a tweet, said that with the interview with Mitch Album, he said, Look, you, they were going to break up with you, Michigan. He was going to break up with you or something like that. Paraphrasing, but look it up, look it up, though. It's out there. I'm sure it's still up. It was early this morning. Take all start with you. What do you think about that whole situation?
1: Well, you know what? I know a lot of people in Chicago were up in arms about him possibly being the coach for the Vikings. And for me, you know, I really didn't, you know, blink too much about it. I I think that this was a situation where uh, Jim Harbaugh is using leverage to get more money because there's always these things where, you know, there's always a possibility that he can go to the NFL and, and get the, you know, get the contract that he wants. And so, having being able to have that and to show, Michigan, uh, you know, his alma mater, you know, saying to to show them that, you know, he can, he can get, he can get more money, you know, especially when you look at what they gave Mel Tucker in Michigan state, you know, 95 million, Mm -hmm. you know, so Jim is probably looking at this like, man, you know what, Hey, (laughs) I need to, (laughs) you know, do something to, 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 you know, you know, increase my worth and my value to this university and so i think this is one of those situations where that was happening i'm hearing reports that you know jim harbaugh went to the interview and didn't have a plan for the team didn't know who he was going to hire on the staff mm-hmm. and so it just kind of took the you know the people doing the interviews for the vikings are back a little bit and that's why they decided to go into a different different, different direction and also let's be clear with guys like you know Jim Harbaugh has always been kind of hard to get a read on him and, mm-hmm. and what he really wants to do and this is a person who who can decide and move on anytime he wants so much like what happened with Nick Saban in Miami a few years back you know you know you know right now you know in Michigan he has his own fiefdom or kingdom or whatever where he runs the show he runs the University he is the man he is it all right the NFL is a little bit different and so um and you you have to you know work and cooperate with people a little bit more in the NFL and you know that's not something that it seems like he's you know been willing to do a lot and it's interesting because you know some of those same things that they were saying about Jim Harbaugh being hard to work with and everything they were saying about Brian Flores but yet Jim Harbaugh Is the hottest candidate out there. I'm just going back to the beginning, but that is what it is for me.
0: (laughs) Close.
2: Well, also remember, I'm biased. I do not like (laughs) the team up north Mm -hmm. at all. Um, but Mm -hmm. since I have seen uh, uh Jim Harbaugh as a coach before he was with Michigan, I will say, you know, the situation of them not hiring just I'm going to say it just takes into the arrogance or just goes to the arrogance that he is. He's a very, very arrogant as a coach. As a man, I don't know. I don't know him. But his arrogance as a coach makes it seem like you're supposed to hire me because of, of what I've done, not what I can do. And I heard those same things that he didn't really have a plan. And these are three teams that moved on from him. A lot of people, especially like on the Bears beat, you know, I respect that every Bears beat writer have a good relationship with them. But a lot of people are up in arms like, why wasn't Jim Harbaugh considered? He should automatically be considered and realizing that he was with the Bears in one period of time. But my thought was this is someone who did not like the NFL game because he did not have control over the entire team. When you're a college coach, that is your program. You mm-hmm. control it top to bottom. This is who you're gonna get, who you're gonna get here. Whereas the NFL, no, you have to go to the GM. The GM has to consider It's checks and balances. So for him not being hired, it would make more sense if he was doing it just to up his money with Michigan. Tank like that's that's a really good you know angle. I did not consider because to come into the NFL game and these interviews and not have something solid, solidly in place, you know, like I would give even the credit. His first thing is I'm not calling the plays. I'm going to get somebody I trust defensively. And then he raided the Colts and got who he wanted. That's that's having a plan. Whereas, you know, Harbaugh just was probably going off his name and the four years that he had great years he had with the Niners. Um, But the fact that teams moved on from him either will be the fact that they did not want to deal with his personality, which can be a bit brash, a bit abrasive, or the fact that he was trying to get more money out of Michigan. Me personally, I would love for him to stay in Michigan because I wanted to get revenge for the game this year.
0: That's the only thing that's
2: on my mind right now. Um, but when he was even being considered for the Vikings, my first thought is, well, a Buckeye is going to end his streak again in Justin Fields. So um, it, it wouldn't make more sense if he was trying to get money out of – not get money, but make his value to Michigan even more, even though I think, I mean, you just beat Ohio State. That in itself – Gives you basically a license, you're a hero, you know, to Michigan campus. So it made more mm-hmm. sense that he was trying to up his value,
0: yeah. Yeah, he was two and two as a player, too, back in the mid 80s. So, yeah, okay, like I, I kind of feel like, yeah, I've always felt in, in tight Yeah, I've always felt that this is always used as leverage, you have know, to give you know, up his value a little bit. Because, of course, you guys know that a couple of years back during the pandemic, well, the start of the pandemic at least, he had to take a pay cut, you know, to keep everything else afloat with the Michigan Athletics. So he probably wasn't happy about that. I think he probably you know, he beat. Uh, sorry, Flo. Yeah, your, your Buckeyes this year. Finally, it was. It was. It was time. It was time. It's been seven years, for goodness sakes. Finally, got over happens. the hump. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, got over the hump. You know, got to the playoff. Of course, got their butts kicked by the eventual champion. So, Michigan fans can feel a little bit better about that. You know, Georgia and up win the championship, of course. So, yeah, I've always felt that this was sort of like just a way to kind of up his up his value, like you guys said. You know, just to. You know, real, uh,
1: real yeah. quick, real quick. I'm sorry, but I won't just kick it. No, that. no, no, go ahead. It, no, no, it's did fine. It go Levy ahead. Smith, didn't Lovey Smith at Illinois beat Ohio State before Jim Harbaugh did at Michigan? I believe mm-hmm. you. I, 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 I don't
2: remember run. us losing Illinois. I remember yeah, I we say, lost to <laughs> Virginia Tech the year we won the national title. Yes, you and, did. And uh, we almost lost to Penn State Northwestern. We lost we had a few one loss seasons, but Illinois oh Kinda hope we didn't, but I can't remember. Any well, that I in well, that was an
0: old five. That was an old five, of course. You know when when Ohio State was number one. You know Juice Williams. You know and Mendenhall. You know they. Oh, Rashad Mendenhall,
2: Juice Williams. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was the only was... only Illinois
2: team I liked.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So that was. <laughs> yeah, it was against Wisconsin, actually. Lovey's biggest win, I think, because I think they were. I think at the time, I think Wisconsin was kind of right. like in the top ten or the top yeah. seven. I think so. Yeah, that was his biggest win. I you know it just you know Kyle just you know just brought it up. So yeah, so that that makes sense. Wrapping up here with our War Media NFL playoff special here on, you know, we're right on the big game, you know, kind of like a sort of a, a bridge between, you know, this next week's uh, big Super Bowl that's going to be coming up, you know, this is you know, very exciting uh, this weekend. Um, you know, the promotion actually is this weekend is the Pro Bowl. Uh, it'll be on ABC ESPN, you know, the Monday night guys will be doing it. Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Louis Riddick. You know, we got two Bears in the Pro Bowl, of course, um, and King, Grant and Robert Quinn. I'm not probably not gonna watch a single minute of the Pro Bowl. I know they did it. They did it last year. I think they just you know I don't think they played. You know they're gonna play this year. Are you guys gonna watch? Honestly, I'm not. Pro Bowl. Well, (laughs) are you gonna like maybe take a peek at it or something? I'm not. But
1: no, no, I'm not watching the Pro Bowl. (laughs) I,
2: I feel like maybe if they, it seemed like the activities they're doing this week are much more fun for them than the actual game. Like, they're not going to tackle each other. They should just make it a 7-on-7. Make it a fun 7-on-7. Get some celebrities involved. And make it something like we tune into. Like with the Home Run Derby. You know, I tune into it just to see bombs being hit. And if you, you know, you change the Pro Bowl to literally just 7-on-7, you don't have to worry about being hit. I'll probably watch it. But, you know, this half 50% football, no.
0: (laughs) Tank. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he's got nothing <laughs> he got nothing uh well yeah the skills competition you guys check it out from uh uh last night i mean i think russell wilson they need to bring back the, the quarterback challenge Remember that way back when? Oh, yeah. Back in the early, like the late 80s, early 90s, NBC was showing a yeah, lot. That would
1: be lot. interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting.
2: What I was Rock and that. Jock? Wasn't that something, too? That was uh, celebrities were playing seven on seven. I don't know if that was a part yeah, of the program. Yeah, Bowl, but...
0: yeah. I think, yeah, I think they did for for uh, baseball, I think softball, and also, of course, basketball, too. That's probably what, you know, was probably the most appropriate. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool, too, especially with the you know All-Star game coming up. That could, they should look like a Rock and Jock type of thing, maybe. You're in Vegas, so you got the celebrities right there, so, I, I, you know, why not? Yeah. All right, uh as we uh close things out here, flows. Uh you don't have to give us your Super Bowl pick just yet, but you know, what are you expecting from this, you know, this uh, Super Bowl 56? It's so if I say between the Rams and the Bengals.
2: I'm expecting very small amounts of defense. I'm expecting hmm. probably a upper twenties, upper thirties for each team. Um, my pick is the Bengals. I would just immediately give that up. I I have too much uh, faith in the Buckeye, Joe Burrow. So uh, but I'm expecting a high scoring game. I don't think these defenses are gonna stop one another.
0: <laughs> well, Joe, you don't have to show your your pick because we're gonna get do ours next week, but Tank, you what are your kind of like early you know synopsis here?
1: I mean, this is a very interesting matchup. You got a young and upcoming team versus a veteran-laden team, a team who pushed all the chips in and gave up all the draft capital and gave up all the money. To bring this collection of players together to win a Super Bowl, and you know, and they almost didn't get here, so you know, two weeks in a row, and then you got a a a team in the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, who many think have overachieved. Got me, I you know, I actually bet on the Bengals to beat Kansas City, just so everybody knows. I I, you know, I won that bet, but so. you know I wasn't fooled you know by the (laughs) was it what what was it what was the spread seven and seven and a half points seven and a
0: half (laughs) yeah
1: yeah come on now have they watched this team play all year so um (laughs) but um yeah I'm excited about I'm I'm excited to see what the Bengals can do Uh, and I'm I'm a very big Joe Burrow fan I'm a cigar guy Joe Burrow's a cigar guy so I, I like that about him uh in that team um That team has a lot of fight. They don't quit. Uh, And so uh, I'm just, you know, interested to see how it's going to play out. You know, I probably gave away my pick, but it'll be an interesting (laughs) matchup.
0: To me, I think the Super Bowl can go one of two ways. Either, you know, Evan McPherson, you know, clinches it with another field goal, you know, probably the biggest field goal of his career, probably of his life, or it ends up being a blowout. There might be something like the in between, you know, maybe you know the Bengals, you know, somehow win by ten, or maybe the Rams sort of pull away late. I think those are kind of like the foresters I'm kind of you know thinking of. I'm not doing my pick just yet. You guys got to, to you know tune in next week, but yeah, that's kind of where my mind is right now with the Super Bowl. I think it's gonna be very entertaining. Though I think I think NBC you know, got a good one. I know I know the Bengals were like what 101 odds to get to the Super Bowl this year, so you made a nice little uh, chunk of money there too if you bet on the Bengals to make the Super Bowl this year. But uh, yeah, I, I think the Bears are going to show that they're not going to—they're not going to be pushovers. They're going to show that they, they do deserve to be there. Um, you know, it's been what was that? T- what was I saying?
1: Oh, something just fell in my room.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you said something. But yeah, uh, it's been like about like thirty some, like almost. It'll be geez, it'll be like what thirty some odd years since the Bears have won their only Super Bowl. <sighs> you guys say we can get. You know, what's your biggest? I know. You know, you guys probably. I know. Close. you weren't even born yet, so. No, I was not alive. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, just that, you know, you were kind of used to, you know, this and such. Uh, me, I was barely, like, four, and I, I kind of vaguely remember something big was happening. So, you know, I kind of, you know, saw, you know, the, the Bears, you know, the Super Bowl shuffle, which, uh, you know, someone, mm-hmm. you know, just posted, like, it was, like, a top, it was, like, number one in the charts for a couple of weeks. I'm like, re- oh, I forgot about that. It sure was. So, take what is your kind of, like, you're, you're not the same age, so. Yeah, Hold
1: so on. I, I, I'm, I'm 40, so uh, I was about five years old, uh, you know, well, not even, yeah, I was closer to four, yeah, in, in 85, but um, yeah, I, 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 I remember vividly the Super Bowl shuffle and watching that on TV, uh, I remember growing up a Walter Payton fan, um, I remember growing up thinking that Jim McMahon was the best QB in the league. It wasn't until older that I realized that he was actually mid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, but he had the whole persona, the, you know, the, the shades and the and the headband, the punky QB with the punky spiky QB, hair. Yeah. You know, these guys had larger than life, you know, personality. I remember the the fridge being a yes. part of G.I. Joe. He was, yes. had these G.I. Joe cartoons and the fridge was a guest appearance. They had a, they oh, made yeah, him a character for G.I. Joe. And I had the action figure. And he had this weapon where he had a football and a chain that he would hit <laughs> I remember <people> that. With. <laughs> I remember that.
0: He would that. swing around.
1: He, the, the William Refrigerator Perry had an action figure of G.I. Joe with comfortable grip. And he had the chain with attached to the football and he would swing and hit the Cobra. Yep. The cobra. The cobra. With it. Yep. <laughs> yep. So um, I remember all of those things, um, you know, about growing up and, you know, Dicka, you know, and, and things like that. And, and to, to kind of, you know, tie it all back to, you know, to, to present day, you know, a lot of people were, you know, critical of the, you know, hardball, not really, you know, being a shot to, to, to be a coach. Well, you go back to Dicka and he was this larger than life personality you know for the bears it was like the bears were his you know and i also think that's something that ownership doesn't want to go through again honestly you know right. dealing with personality personalities like that and and so um but yeah the that you know they should have won more super bowls obviously with, with that collection of talent mm-hmm. they had um and you know, that, that that 46 defense, you know, growing up, I, I really couldn't, you know, I, I wasn't a student of the game yet. So uh, I just knew the Bears were good. And, you know, I liked the team. Um, and then, you know, we talked about the, the Super Bowl, what, 15 years ago? 15 it, years
0: ago, yeah.
1: Let's
0: go a little more yeah, in depth about that because I, I feel yeah. like, you know, of course, Devin yeah. has to be the kickoff who should be a Hall of Fame, who might be in the Hall of Fame next weekend. He should weekend, be so a Hall of
1: Famer. He hopefully he'll get in. Famer.
0: Hopefully he'll get any, of course, now still the only time where, you know, you got a kickoff return for a touchdown in the rain in Miami. It was just like, you know, would have the, would, I mean, would the Bears have one though? have if they had done things differently? Because I feel like, of course, there are those folks that say, well, maybe Brian Greasy probably should have gotten the quarter, got in that quarterback once, you know, Rex was struggling, you know, they were actually in it, too, for most of the game, of course. You know, of course, uh, the Groseman reception, you know, I think it was like about eight or nine minutes left that kind of sealed the, the win for the Colts. But, uh, flows, uh, what's going on, Yeah, what
1: yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel like, you know, in that game, the Bears kind of went away from what got them there, which was special teams defense and controlling the clock with the ball. And this is definitely a game that Thomas Jones should have been featured you know the whole second half and really punish that team that was a team that you could have run on and got yards on and to to, to let that slip away I, I think in the way that they did by not sticking to the strategy you know sticking to the bread and butter that, that got you there i think they you know kind of you know got themselves into this you know they they you know they they they, they overthought it you know they kind of thought they had to put points up to, 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 to you know, kind of keep Peyton at bay. But the thing that was keeping them at the bay was controlling the clock and playing tough defense. You know, that first possession uh, for the for the Colts, I think it was Chris Harris who got an interception on mm-hmm. that first, the first off, off, offensive possession for the Bears. And so the Bears were really in control of that game and had them rattled. And I, I think if they could have just, you know, gave him a heavy dose of Thomas Jones in the second half. Mm -hmm. It could have been a little bit different. hindsight is 2020, of course, but I really think if, you know, Thomas Jones should have ended up being the MVP of that game or Devin Hester.
2: What about you, Flos? (laughs) Yeah, you know, that game was interesting because I remember when Cedric Benson got hurt, that kind of really just nerfed their entire game plan. Now, of course, you know, during the season, Thomas Jones was a thousand-yard rusher. He was the guy. Cedric Benson mm-hmm. may have had in between 400 and 600 hours. I'm not 100% sure of his season stats, but that was their bread and butter. And every now and then Rex would throw a big time throw. Of course, we, we remember him more for his interceptions, Um, but that game should have absolutely been won by the Bears. You should not have 14 to six lead at half. It may have been yep. 14 six, six lead at half and lost that game. I think the final score was 27, 14 or something around there. You know, and then Peyton Manning in big games, I remember growing up, he gave the ball away. That's what I, that's why I like that's why I like Tom Brady. Tom Brady was my was my guy growing up because every time they played, every time it was a big game, it seemed like Tom would handle business and Peyton would throw it away somehow. And so when you got that Chris Harrison exception, which I mean at that point in time, I was like, Oh, what's up with the Bears are winning this game. You know, the defense mm-hmm. is playing lights out, and mm-hmm. then Cedric Benson gets hurt, and then they're in panic mode. Okay, I don't think we can run the ball anymore, which, of course you can. This Indianapolis Coast defense was more based on takeaways rather than stopping the run game. So I absolutely think they could have been uh, the champions if they had, you know, done everything, I wouldn't even say perfectly, but just maybe 20% better they could have. But as you said, Tank, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But what I do think about the game overall is I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of hearing about Correct. the 85. I'm tired of hearing about the 85 Bears. You know, you know them having to roll out the 85 Bears every year. They're getting older. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see this 20 years from now when they're in their 80s or 90s. I, I'm I'm ready for Chicago to have a new group of talent. You know, 10 years Correct. from now, it'd be great if you could talk about the 2024 Bears who won a Super Bowl. And I think the 85 Bears and the 2005 Bears or 2006 Bears are are tied to that as well. You know, it's really. Uh, time that the bears put that behind but until they have mm-hmm. someone worthy we're going to hear about this every you know every single year yeah yep.
0: 14-6 was the lead in the first quarter and first quarter you know yeah. they actually they you know, score i think, like 13 on the answer the colts did and of course they had a, a field goal and like you said the offensive you know, got hurt i think right at the beginning of the second quarter the final, final score in the being 29-17 and you know they, they look they had a, they had their shots to kind of try to make the game interesting but you know, by late in the second half, you know, they're like you, like, I think you guys both said it. I mean, they kind of went away what got them there. You know, they didn't run the ball. You know, Thomas Jones should have been featured more and such. Now, there are all those that say that maybe Greasy should have been in there. You know, maybe they would have been a little bit better or maybe they would have had a shot. But, you know, like you said, I mean, you know, High side is 2020 and uh, ho- hopefully maybe the next few years, you know, we'll have a new group of bears and people will start talking about both these Super Bowls, but uh, we're wrapping things up here on War media. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Girl, McGee on the IG. You also listen and watch, you know, me on second stage sportsman art with my buddy, Sydney, the Brown, the kid 80, you know, on sports chicago you of course you can catch the audio version right here on War media wherever we you get your podcasts and such uh flows where can, where everyone can find your stuff and follow you on social media
2: uh you can follow me at 79th and Hallows. that is my podcast page you can also follow barbershare network that is our company page at barbershare Network. this is twitter and me personally you can follow me at flows and on
1: twitter and instagram
2: tank
1: Uh, Yes, uh, at Badman underscore Tanksley on Twitter and IG. You can follow me there. And you can also uh, check me out at War Media talking about football uh, right here.
0: All (laughs) All right. So please stay warm out there, folks. I know it's a little bit cold and icy there, you know you know, and, all, and everything so i uh, just stay warm out there folks it was a little freezing you know, of course it's early february so what you expect so for, for take and flow on the kansas War media's nfl playoff special and we'll see you next week to talk about the big game so stay safe everybody